Today's passage we'll be going over is in Matthew 18. It's Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. So for those of you who prefer to read it in your Bibles, there's Bibles in front of you, uh, take some time to turn to it. Again, it's Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. And those of you who are online, you can follow on the screen, or you all too. It goes like this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when, <laughs> but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. As I was reflecting about this passage, I was also watching this TV show on Netflix called Big Timber. And this show is about the logging industry and how there's this main boss, his name is Kevin, just like the Kevin back there. Um, and so Kevin, he finds these machines and old chips, and he restores them and fixes them up for his own purposes. And as he does that, uh, they tend to break down a lot. But he, he keeps on reusing these machines um, just for his purposes. And so I thought of this rusty old barge that he had. He called it the tetanus because it was really rusty. And uh, somebody said, I might need a tetanus shot after being on this old barge. But I couldn't find the picture of that barge. So I found something that's like it. It's on your bulletins. Um, if you could put it up on the screen, this is the picture I found. So as we're going through this passage, I want you to focus on this picture and imagine it in your head while we're going through the passage. Uh, you can take it off now. But again, that rusty old barge, it has holes, it's old, it's rusty, and just on the beach, not serving its purpose. Well, in our passage, we see that Peter, he comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins up, uh, against me? Up to seven times? And when I first saw that, I was thinking, who hurt Peter so much that he had to ask Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive this person? Seven times? But Peter, in his mind, he was trying to be generous. Seven times back in that day was very generous because 
the rabbis, they would say that up to three times is how many times you should forgive somebody. After the third time, when it's the fourth time, that's probably a sign that that person is not actually asking for forgiveness. And so Peter's like, I'm going to be super generous. I'm going to say seven times. But Jesus, he kicks that, knocks it out of the park with his generosity and saying, not seven times, but 77 times. And in some translations, you might see seven times 70. This is Jesus' way of just um, him exaggerating, saying that we need to forgive unlimited amount of times. So as you know, this passage is on forgiveness. Um, It's pretty clear but we don't have to pack up right now. That's not just the end of the sermon. We do have to forgive, but there's more to it, and you see it in this parable that Jesus gives. So that leads me to my first point. Jesus goes into this parable, and it's, he says to receive God's forgiveness, or this is what I, I drew from that, is to receive God's forgiveness and forgive yourselves. You see the, the servant who's unrepentant, he for, he receives that forgiveness immediately. He owed a lot of money, and we can learn from that. So he had 10,000 bags of gold. I'm going to need some help here with math. 10,000 bags of gold, in some translations, it's translated as a talent, and a talent is worth about 15 15 plus years of an annual salary. So I, I looked it up. An annual salary is about... 70K. 70K, what is, let's say, 20 times that, 20 years? Anybody can just shout it out. 140? About, yeah, 140,000. I think that's the right math. (laughs) But 1.4 million? Okay, there we go. So it's 1.4 million. Okay, so that's one talent. This person owed 10,000 talents. So what's 10,000 times 1.4 million? It's a lot of money. <laughs> it's about 14 trillion. 14 trillion is about half of the debt that the U.S. owes different countries. One person owes 14 trillion to the king. And this king, he forgives that. 14 trillion that probably would put anybody out of business. It would make the nation go bankrupt. It would, it's a huge amount, but he forgives it, and he lets him walk. You see, we, we need to receive that forgiveness that God gives us. It, it's a parable that's kind of reflecting real life, that we owe that amount to Jesus, to God, from our sins. And it's not easy to receive forgiveness for some people. It's not easy to forgive yourself. I think of uh, my friend Rochelle, who I met in my undergrad at UCLA. We met in our Christian InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and she was just this amazing person. She was very confident. She wasn't afraid to speak her mind. She was a, definitely a character and just something else. Well, I will never forget this moment, but in the summer of 2012, I received a call that my friend Rochelle, she was found dead on her dorm floor. And there's pills around her, and I'll never forget that call, that 
that realization that my friend committed suicide. <clears throat> well, I had such a difficult time forgiving myself, receiving God's forgiveness for not reaching out to my friend. I didn't ask her, how are you? And it still pains me to this day. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's tough. But, you know, my friend, Rochelle, she would not have wanted it to be something that's hanging over me. And God doesn't want that either. He forgives us. And I, I needed to work in receiving that forgiveness. And so it, it, it's difficult to receive that forgiveness. It's not as easy as this, as this servant makes it. Sometimes it's just so difficult to receive it, but it's not impossible. God provides a way. And for those of you who've been able to receive that forgiveness, there's opportunity to show others how to do that. Maybe you've been struggling with forgiveness in your life. Maybe you weren't able to forgive yourself for doing something to somebody. Maybe you weren't able to forgive yourself for not being able to say something to somebody you lost recently. But it's not impossible to receive that forgiveness. Again, this parable, Jesus is comparing it to real life. That $14 trillion, it's a debt that we owe to God. And God, he, he freely forgives us of that debt. All we have to do is take that forgiveness. This leads me to the next point, which is forgive others, remembering the forgiveness you received. So that servant, he, what should have happened was he should have received the forgiveness and really taken that to heart. He should have used that forgiveness he received to forgive, we'll see, forgive the other person that owed him money. So that person that he finds, he finds a fellow servant, and that servant owes him a hundred silver coins. In some translations, that's titled a denarius or denarii. A hundred silver coins, though, is about, one silver coin would be a day's wage. So that's about a hundred days wages. That's about a third of a year. Again, I need some help with some math. So a third of an annual salary of 70K, what, what is that? Any ideas? 23,000. So it's about 23000 It's still a significant amount that's owed to the servant, but not as much as $14 trillion. It shouldn't have affected him so harshly. And so that, that servant was holding on to something to not forgive his fellow servant of a penny, basically, of what he owed. We need to forgive others remembering that forgiveness we received. Well, Grace and I, we, while we were dating, we went to a, a church party where they were hosting just a get-together and where you could talk with people, sit down, and relax. We came after a long day, and I, we were sitting at a table with two of our friends, and we were just talking. So one of my friends, they asked me, why did you decide to pursue Grace? And at this moment, so for those of you who are married, for those of you who are dating and those of you who are considering it, one of the partners is going to say something really dumb or do something really stupid that they're going to regret. This was my moment. So they asked me, why did I pursue grace? And I said, because I was desperate. <laughs> and 
the hurt on Grace's face, I wasn't looking and didn't realize that. But my friend realized that, so he was trying to help me out. He was saying, oh, you're, you're joking, right? Um, he was trying to get me out of it, but I didn't realize that, so I doubled down and I said, no, it was because I was desperate. And so on the way home, we were parking in the parking lot, and we got into an argument around this whole thing. And that was when she helped me to realize what I basically said. I basically said she was my last resort, uh, my last attempt to, to marry somebody and, or to date somebody, and that probably made her feel terrible. To, to be clear, I pursued Grace because she's a beautiful woman who's very confident and is a ton of fun to be around. Uh, that's not why I pursued her of what I said. Well, somehow she helped me to realize what I did, and I started breaking out in tears because I thought that was the end of our relationship. I thought that I messed up so bad that I couldn't even take back my words because I doubled down on it. So somehow Grace forgave me of that. And that forgiveness she gave me, I, I was able to then forgive her for the smallest things, whether she ate all the ice cream in our freezer or, um, you know, watched the TV show without me, those kind of things. But it also taught me how to forgive others. Whenever somebody did something to me, it couldn't have been as bad as what I did to my wife, <laughs> to my uh, past girlfriend. I learned to, to forgive others of that. And so in the same way, we should be learning about the forgiveness that we received, whether it's from our loved ones, whether that's from God or strangers. But use that forgiveness to forgive others. It helps me when um, I'm having difficulty to forgive somebody and, or I'm just being really petty. It helps me to reflect on God's goodness, that he would be able to forgive someone like me. And again, I'm thinking of this rusty old ship, this rusty old barge, that, that I'm that rusty old barge, that God forgave me. The sin in my life, the unforgiveness in my life made me into this rusty old barge. Um, but God forgave me of that. He chose me. This leads us then to verse 31, where it says, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. In this passage, you see that the other servants were watching what was going on with this servant. And they were outraged because he, he was basically a hypocrite. Everything that the, the person who he wanted money, the hundred silver coins from, he said the same things, but he didn't forgive him. We see that our forgiveness, it, it impacts others all around us. Whether you realize that or not, people are watching. It reminds me of this story of Corrie ten Boom, who was a Jew that survived the Holocaust. I'm going to read an excerpt of her story. It, it goes like this. She told people her story of God's forgiveness of sins and of the need to for, for people to forgive those who had harmed them. Corey herself was put to the test in 1947 while speaking in a Munich church. At the close of the service, a balding man in a gray overcoat stepped forward to greet her. Corey froze. She knew this man well. He'd been one of the most vicious guards at Ravensbrück. One who had mocked the women prisoners as they showered. It came back with a rush, she wrote, 
the huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. And now he was pushing his hand out to shake hers and saying, a fine message. How good it is to know that as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And Corey, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in her pocketbook rather than take his hand. She thought, he would not remember me. Of course, he wouldn't, he could be, how could he remember me, a prisoner among thousands of women? But I remembered him and the leather crop swinging from his belt. I was face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard there, but since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well. Again, the hand outstretched, and he said, will you forgive me? And she stood there. She said, I whose sins had again and again to be forgiven and could not forgive. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? The soldier stood there expectantly, waiting for Corey to shake his hand. She wrestled with the most difficult thing she ever had to do, but she had to do it. She knew it. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. Standing there before the former SS man, Corey remembered that forgiveness is an act of the will. It's not an emotion. Jesus, help me, she prayed. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. So Corey thrust out her hand, and as she did, an incredible thing took place. A current started from her shoulder, and it raced down her arm and sprained into their joined hands. And then this feeling of warmth and healing seemed to flood her whole being, bringing tears to her eyes. I forgive you, brother, she cried, with all my heart. This story of forgiveness, it, it's probably been told many, many times in Christian circles and at churches, but it, it's always made an impact in my life. If Corey can forgive somebody who did the most inhumane things to her and those around her, I could forgive somebody as well. I could forgive somebody who stepped on my foot. I could forgive somebody who betrayed me, somebody who's hurt me, who said words that were just deep anguish in my soul. So don't forgive based on what people are saying. Don't forgive just because I said it, but forgive based on what God says and how God can help you. Again, we need to take that action of stretching out our hand God can probably help you with the rest. Not probably, he will help you with the rest. Now I want you all to think of somebody that you've had difficulty forgiving. It might be something that happened just today, this morning. It might be something in the past. It might have been somebody in line, one of your coworkers, one of your family members. So keep that person in mind as we head into my last point. Unforgiving hearts have consequences. That's my last point. Unforgiving hearts have consequences. God's justice will be established. And don't let your unforgiveness be a barrier. Unforgiveness could be a barrier in our hearts, in our lives, in moving forward because we hold on to that bitterness, we hold on to that pain, we hold on to that anguish, and it stops us from moving forward with our relationship with Christ, with our faith. It stops us from moving forward with our church's mission, our church's vision, 
our strategic plan. And it stops us from moving forward in our relationship with God because how could God allow this to happen to me? Don't let that unforgiveness sit in you. Like this boat, that unforgiveness that sits in your heart, it, it's rotting away. It's causing you to rust. It's letting the water in. This reminds me of an Aesop's fable. Um, I'm going to have it up on the screen so you can read along. But this fable, it says, there's a farmer who had bore a grudge against a fox for robbing his poultry yard, caught him at last, and being determined to take ample revenge, tied some rope well-soaked in oil to its tail and set it on fire. The fox, by a strange fatality, rushed to the fields of the farmer who had captured him. It was the time of the wheat harvest, but the farmer reaped nothing that year and returned home grieving sorely. You can take it off. Uh, so this farmer held on to the bitterness in his heart. He wanted to get revenge on the fox, and because of that, it, it ended up him burning his whole crop, his whole life uh, purpose, and that bitterness does the same to us. That unforgiveness does the same to us. It, it burns in our heart. Now, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness, it doesn't mean just to forget. Forgiveness, uh, I found a quote that probably would best describe this in ways that I can't. So uh, if we could put it on the screen again, it's a quote from Nancy Collier from Psychology Today. She says, forgiveness suggests an openness to meeting the present moment freshly. That is, to be with the other person without our feelings about the past in the way of what's happening now. Forgiveness involves being willing and able to respond to what's happening in the present moment and not reacting through the lens of anger and resentment, the residue from the past. In meeting now freshly, we stop employing the present moment to correct, vindicate, validate, or punish the past. We show up, perhaps forever changed as a result of the past, but nonetheless, with eyes, ears, and a heart that are available to uh, right now and what's possible right now. Thank you for putting it up there. So, in a nutshell, forgiveness is seeing the person in front of you and treating them with a lens of what's right now. It's not a lens of what's in the past. I'm sure there's things that people have done to you that's horrible, and it, there needs to be some justice in that case. But we leave the justice to God. We don't take the justice in our hands, and we try to show God's love on that person. Responsibility is important for us, for all of us who have heard God's message. There's responsibility on those of you who, who probably don't have somebody in mind that they haven't forgiven. For those who are able to forgive easily, there's still responsibility. That, that responsibility is to help lead others in that journey of forgiveness. Because again, like I said before, there's people that are stuck on that moment of not being able to forgive. And for us who have received the ultimate forgiveness, the responsibility is on us to help people recognize that they're forgiven. Rusty old barge. You're a rusty old barge. I'm a rusty old barge. Those who are watching online, you're a rusty old barges. And I was going to end this sermon by saying, you know, Kevin in that TV show, he should have just bought better equipment, better ships, instead of having to refix it every time. He should have just replaced the old ones. But, you know, us as human beings, we're not 
as easily replaceable. We shouldn't be replaceable. But as I was going through this passage, I realized that God, he chooses you, a rusty old barge. He chooses me, a rusty old barge. And he sees that potential in me. He sees that potential in you to transform that rustiness little bit by little bit, repairing that ship into being something brand new. For those of you who have been struggling with that forgiveness, uh, feel free to talk with me. I'll be at the registration table for our retreat. That's upcoming. Uh, There are ways for you who are well-versed in forgiveness. We have our Stevens ministry um, where you're able to help lead people through some darkness. And we have other areas in our church that you can help people find that forgiveness. But let's pray.